Good morning. I'm going to welcome you to Rivermont today and invite you to turn in your Bible to Colossians chapter 1. If you want to look in the Pew Bible, it's page 983 in the Pew Bible in front of you, Colossians chapter 1. And as you're turning there, we all know that Easter is a happy day. It's a day of beauty. It's a day for family. It's a day when it feels like finally the long days of winter are behind us and the sun begins to shine. It's even a day when emotionally we can begin to feel new beginnings coming in our lives. But really, why are we here to celebrate Easter? What is it all about? What does it genuinely mean? To some in our community and the world that are more secularly minded, Easter may be a fairy tale that gives us an inspirational meaning for life. Perhaps the story of Easter and resurrection gives us an encouragement to face the deepest fears of our lives. Or perhaps that we can live on in the minds and the hearts and the memories of our friends and family. But that doesn't quite get at what the resurrection was truly all about. Something happened that day. And because something happened, the world will forever be different. The resurrection is more than just a comforting emotional idea. What does the Bible say about the resurrection? The Bible, as you know, is the true revelation of who God is and what He cares about. And it tells us about the why of the resurrection. It was an event. The resurrection was a bodily event that happened 2,000 years ago. And the truth of that act has reverberations full on through into life today. Jesus was bodily killed upon a cross. He was bodily placed in a tomb for three days and He bodily walked out of the grave alive again. And that truth changes everything about how we live. It even changes how you'll live this afternoon following church. It's not simply an emotional idea. But Jesus was raised to begin the remaking of the world. And He has already begun it in our hearts by faith. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1. Beginning in verse 15, the Apostle Paul wrote, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church, He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Let's pray together. Father, we ask that by the power of your Spirit you would open our eyes to the truth of the resurrection, the truth of what it changes about the way we live today. Give us eyes to see and hearts to believe. In Jesus' name, amen. In 1943 and early 1944, the world was in the throes of an unbelievably destructive war that covered the entire globe. The Axis sought the expansions of their kingdoms. Nazi Germany thought to control all of Europe, blanketing it in the Third Reich that third great kingdom in their minds, but the Allies had different plans. In the spring of 1944, Operation Overlord was being 
feverishly planned to establish a sort of beachhead in France against Hitler's Nazi forces. And from that solid place of that beachhead, the Allies would launch an invasion into all of France and liberate it from Nazi control. And from there, liberate Belgium and go all the way through Europe in freedom. But Hitler wanted to maintain his control over Belgium and France in particular. He called it his Atlantic Wall. And he said, if the Atlantic Wall falls, then there will be defeat. That is the beginning of the end if our walls are breached on the beaches of France. As you know, the story of World War II, Operation Overlord, was successful. On June 6, 1944, on D-Day, the Allies were able to prevail at Normandy. And that was the beginning of the end for Hitler. His back was broken and the Atlantic Wall was breached. And the Allies would march through and liberate not only France and Belgium, but indeed all of Europe from the tyranny of Hitler. And it all began on that day, June 6, 1944. On D-Day, the war was decisively won. And yet we know that the Victory Europe Day didn't come for another 11 months until May of 1945. And in those intervening 11 months between D-Day and Victory Europe Day, the fighting was fierce and the, the conflict was intense. Many, many more people lost their lives. Although the Nazis effectively lost the war on D Day, they continued to press on until the day of the complete victory when the and when the Allies prevailed in the Third Reich fully and finally tumbled. And yet when D-Day was here, there was a sense of newness. The threat of the Reich had been blunted. The victory was assured. Friends, as we stand here today, we are living, as it were, in those intervening 11 months between D-Day and Victory Europe Day. For Jesus came and defeated our enemies on D-Day. And that was the day of His death and His resurrection. And those days had consequences of staggering proportion to the power of sin and death. Jesus underwent a violent and unimaginable death on the cross so that you and I would know what freedom from our sin is truly like. On that day, the back of evil was broken in the resurrection. The ultimate destructive power of sin and death was silenced when after Jesus had been condemned upon the cross, He walked out of the grave. And yet we wait, don't we? We wait for that full and final tumbling of the domain of darkness which will come when He returns again in the triumphant procession of resurrection life that will cover all the world and brought through His church. And yet, just as in World War II, there are conflicts and battles that rage in our world right now, as seen in Brussels this week. Conflicts and battles that rage within our own hearts, where we still feel the explosive power and destructive power of our own sin. The victory was won in the resurrection, and yet the conflict still rages within It's a little bit about what Paul means in our passage that we read today about the firstborn. In verse 15, Paul says that Jesus was firstborn over all creation. And then in verse 18, he was firstborn again, but this time firstborn among the dead so that he might have preeminence in everything, Paul says. What does that mean that Jesus was firstborn? It's not that he was a a created being, but rather in the ancient world, being the firstborn was an expression for having authority and being in charge and being primary. Jesus was firstborn over creation, meaning he owns it. He made it. He rules over it. 
but he's also firstborn among the dead. And again, he rules over death. He owns it. He has defeated it. Death, as you may know, is the penalty for sin. And we all are guilty in our hearts. We're guilty of violating the law of God. And that condemnation for our sin brings death into the world and death into our own lives. And yet Jesus died in condemnation for us. And because not because He had His own sin, but He died in condemnation for our sin. But Paul tells us Jesus was the firstborn. He was in primacy. He ruled over. He had authority. He had sovereignty over death, our death. When He was raised to life, He exhausted condemnation. He drained the dregs of condemnation and all of its power. Jesus' resurrection removed our guilt and our sin and our condemnation. And He set us free. My condemnation for my sin and yours for your own sin went into the grave with the Lord Jesus and He came out alive, victorious over our guilt and sin and condemnation. It was the first step in the remaking of the world and recreating the world that would be fit for life-giving love rather than decay and destruction. And in a sense, that remaking work has already begun when Jesus was raised. Our hope for a new life that where everything that's wrong and broken with this world will be restored, it's not some vain hope, but God has already begun the work because Jesus was raised from the dead. He has begun it by draining our condemnation to its dregs. And one day when He returns, there will be no more disease or distrust or disaster or disappointment. There will only be left life and wholeness. And friends, what I want you to know today is that power that raised Jesus from the dead by faith is at work in you and me already. It's at work in us now. Jesus in us. Jesus for us now because He was raised from the dead. And we can draw near to Him because He has done that work on our behalf. I don't know about you. Sometimes I feel like I really don't have any right to draw near to God. I really don't have any right to get close to Him. I know my sins. I know my lusts. I know the, the, the things, the shames, the places in my heart, in my life that I hope you never, ever find out about. And knowing those things about myself makes me at times recoil from drawing near to the Lord. How about you? I know that I've offended Him. I know that I've deserved to be punished and disciplined. I feel it. And so getting close to God oftentimes is the very last thing on my mind I want to do. But instead, I want to avoid God. Perhaps you do too. We know it. We know what it feels like to want to hide from the Lord. Hide the things that are broken and sinful in our hearts. Hide those things that we know will be offensive to Him and offensive to other people. We know what it feels to have the wars of lusts rage within us. We know what it feels like to to have that pull of deception to try to make ourselves better than we really are. We know what it feels like to be in the prison of living for the approval of a a parent or a friend or a sibling. And we give our lives to it again and again and again, and it never seems to come. We know the emptiness of hoping to be satisfied by that bigger house or that next raise or getting our kids into the best school. 
We know the feeling of powerlessness that robs us of our joy and intimacy when we're caught in the traps of some sort of addiction and we hide in shame and hope that nobody sees the real us on the inside. We know what it feels like to want to avoid God, to want to hide from Him. But friends, the message of Easter is that Jesus has come to defeat sin in the world, including the reign of sin in my life and in your life. Even the hidden places of our lives. He's come to defeat it. He's come to to wipe away that condemnation completely and fully. And He's done it through that humiliating death on the cross for us in our place. The death and the punishment that you and I deserve for our sin, Jesus took on Himself and He went into the grave and came out alive again in victory over condemnation and sin and death. My condemnation and yours. My death and yours. My sin and yours. By His blood, He's washed us clean. And by His resurrection, He has broken the power of all of that canceled sin And He sets prisoners like us free. He came out of the tomb alive in His body because the full and sufficient sacrifice had been made. Payment had been made in full and the remaking of the world had begun. You see, the firstborn had come to set aside that that sentence of condemnation against you and me so that new life could be implanted in our hearts that would grow and fill the entire world. We don't have to avoid God because Jesus has drawn near to us and He abides with us in mercy and in grace and in the promise of new life and the promise of change. He's alive in us. D-Day has come. My D-Day and your D-Day has already come and Jesus has taken our discipline and our punishment as He stood in our place. To take what we deserved. In His condemnation, our condemnation is gone. And in His resurrection, His life has become our life. Jesus in us, Jesus for us, is what Easter is truly all about. He has begun the remaking work in the world and He starts in our hearts. Perhaps this morning you feel a great need of that freedom from condemnation and that power to remake your heart from the inside out. Maybe you feel imprisoned with some sin this morning. Maybe it's some addiction. It could be to a substance. Perhaps it's addiction to approval or to comfort. Addiction to some success. Maybe it's a slavery to a lustful heart. Maybe it is being trapped in the the death march of comparing yourself against your neighbors around you. But friends, Jesus was raised so that He is alive in you right now, forgiving and freeing you from that sin and that power. He has come to give new life to your shattered heart right now. He's come to bring new life to the places that feel like condemnation and slavery and death in your life right now today. He was raised so that the remaking of the world has already begun in you today. And it will continue on into fullness. And one day, life and all of its fruit will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Perhaps you're in a relationship 
that's broken. It's been smashed and you have no idea where to go from here. Friends, Jesus came out of the grave to begin remaking you, including restoring broken relationships, which one day will be made perfect. The resurrection is about the remaking of the world. So what do we do about it? Well, if you don't know this Jesus who has given himself for you, then I encourage you to trust in his work on your behalf today. Acknowledge before the face of God that you are a sinner in need of the forgiving and remaking work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And know that the condemnation that we deserve has been taken to the grave by Jesus if we but trust in Him and He gives us new life. New life that starts now. If you've never done that and you want to know this Jesus personally, I'd love to speak with you after the service and pray with you. But if you do know this Jesus today... I encourage you to lift your heart in joy, knowing that D-Day has come. Jesus has defeated your sin and your death and evil. And victory day is coming when He will fully and finally set everything to right. And we live in hope today, even amidst conflicts in our relationships and in our lives and the brokenness in our hearts. We live in hope, resting on the fact that Jesus lives in me and He will one day return. And restore everything that's broken in this world. Jesus has come to remake. And He starts in you today. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that You would give us eyes to see and hearts to trust. That the very thing that we need that we could never provide for ourselves, You have done for us. We can never remake ourselves. We could never offer sacrifice for our guilt and our condemnation. We could never plead our own case sufficiently. But you have come to do it. And we pray, Lord, as we trust in you and our condemnation is removed, may we feel that new life within us. May we see it and experience it and grow in it. May your resurrection life change us today and into eternity. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.